with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Father God, feed me your word. Come on, let's put our hands together this morning. As a part of the lead into the sermon today, I'm actually going to have uh, them play a video. So you can go ahead. And me. Yes, we can put our hands together for that. So that leads me to the topic for today, a healthy church. Somebody say a healthy church. A healthy church. So that is what we're going to be talking about. I'm I, I'm really considering turning this into a series. And so this would be the launching part, a healthy church. What does that look like? So the first thing I want to do, I want to define church for us. And so would bring that up. And look, this is from a Merriam-Webster's dictionary, and it says a building used for public Christian worship, number one. Number two, a Christian organization, typically one with its own clergy, buildings, and distinctive doctrines. Number three, institutionalized religion as a political or social force. And I'm not reading those with any real gusto because those are horrible definitions of church 
their definitions, but they're not, it doesn't really define what church really, really is or what it's supposed to be about. So the first thing I want to do is I want to throw something out for us to chew on. So would you put this up? So organization versus organism. So the church is actually both, but it's more one than the other. In other words, if it's just an organization, then we are in trouble. It has to be an organism because an organism is living and breathing. And as long as your church is just an organization, it's no better than the Boys and Girls Club. It's no better than Red Cross. Not to say anything's wrong with Red Cross, nothing wrong with the Boys and Girls Club, but why would I give my time to this place if there's nothing, if there's no life there? If it's just an organization, if it's just about a rule book, if it's just about those definitions I read, it has to be an organism. In other words, it has to live. It has to breathe. There has to be life there. In other words, even when the doors are closed and the building is locked and the lights are turned off, if you pull up on the parking lot, you still ought to feel something. My God. If I bump into you at the mall, let me throw it this way, this sorry mall, and you're wearing a Deliverance Temple shirt, I ought to feel something. Because it's not the building. It's the place where the people gather. And as long as we're just an organization, we're not a healthy church. We got to be an organism. Now, let me let me add this to help it make more sense. So when you have an organization and there's something foul in the organization, you just fire it. In other words, we got a bad worker in the organization, fire them and move on. But if there's something bad in your body and they take your arm, it alters the rest of your life. You can live without the arm, but everybody's going to know that there was a certain point in time you lost your arm because your body is an organism and you can't just lose stuff without uh things not being affected without not feeling right. So that's why we have to be an organism because the church is also known as the body of Christ. So what that means is when you decide because you're struggling, well, they don't need me and uh, they're fine without me. No, that's not really true. Can we move on without you? Yes, but you bring something to it because we are a body. Listen, I don't care nothing about my pinky toe till it gets stubbed. I don't even know it's there. But once you hit it, that's when you know. You, you ever had a hangnail that messed up your whole day? Something small, something minuscule. And a lot of people think that I'm small. I don't mean anything. But baby, you mean something because you're part of an organism. All right. So having said that, let's track this way. This is what we're going to be talking about today, becoming a healthy church. So let's say that, yeah, maybe we've got some things right, but a becoming, a consistently becoming a healthy church. Or how about we say this, a healthier church. You can always be healthier. You may be healthy, but you can always be healthier. So how can we be becoming a healthy church? 
Now, having said that, the problem also with an organization versus an organism, the issue with an organism is, like I said, it's much more vital. So health, when it relates to an organism, can be rather challenging because let's let, let's say for for example uh back in the back well actually I got a better example right now everybody's fanning everybody's fanning because we're having an issue with our air and we're working on it but it's not to where it needs to be so it's not as cool as it needs to be so what do we need to do we've got to get it fixed and we're working on getting it fixed however if you have cancer in your body they actually got to go through a lot to get the cancer out. It's not just a call the air conditioning guy and get whatever needs done, or even if you have to replace it. When you are an organism and something goes wrong, getting it fixed and getting it healthy can actually be very challenging. And so even though we want to be a healthy church, the things that cause us not to be healthy, they can slip in easily, but be hard to get fixed. All right. So having said that, this leads us to point one. Point one is this. Humanity gets in the way of healthy. Here's the problem with church. Church is filled with people and people are human. But why, why do people only get mad at the church for stuff that everybody else does? I don't go to church because there's hypocrites at church. There's hypocrites on your job. There's hypocrites at the club. There's hypocrites at the bar. There's hypocrites everywhere. But you mad because there's hypocrites in the church. That's where they're going to show up. Because that's why, where they're going to fake. Because human people come to the church. Somebody looked at me funny while I was in church. Maybe they did. Because Jesus just ain't walking up down the aisles and sitting on every row. It's us's and we're human. And sometimes we do human things. But what happens is humanity gets in the way of healthy. If you can understand that, then you can work through it because you can realize we all are human. Now, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't do things about it, which is what we're going to talk about. But Stop putting everybody on a pedestal just because they say they go to church. That don't mean anything, really. Guess what? If I stand in my garage, does that make me a car? No, it don't make me a car just because I stand in my garage. And just because people come to church, don't make that don't make them a Christian. Showing up doesn't change a whole lot. It is. It has to be a transformation over time. And so people are transforming at different levels. And there's different levels of humanity, and that causes some issues with health. All right, let's bring up point number two. Here's the point. To be unhealthy is human. To remain unhealthy is dangerous. There's nothing wrong with being human. To be unhealthy is sometimes just human. We've all caught a cold. We've all had a runny nose. We've all had even harsher things. And that's just part of being human. But to not do anything about it and you know about it, that's when things get dangerous. And the problem with a lot of people have with church, yes, there are hypocrites on the job and hypocrites everywhere else. But the problem with people have with the church is sometimes the church knows what's wrong and won't do nothing about it. 
Because as long as the money is still coming in and the people are still coming in, we ain't really got to deal with it. But I'm saying, no, 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 can't be that way because to be unhealthy is human, but to remain unhealthy is dangerous. I had a friend on my, on my job who, uh, found out he had, um, colon cancer. He was in stage four colon cancer, but he went to the doctor just on a routine checkup. And they asked him questions, and because of that, he ended up being checked deeper and found out where he was. But had he not showed up that day, they said his body would have been ravaged. He showed up almost at the last minute, and they were able to get him on a treatment plan. They were able to do surgery and get all of it taken out of him because even though he waited real long, he got in at the right time to get the thing fixed. And here's the thing we need to understand. When something shows up, it's time to get it fixed. Let me back out of church for a second. Let's talk about relationships and marriages and just stuff. Many times we let stuff fester. We let stuff stay. Because it's much harder to talk about it than it is to just act like it's not there. But there are some things you cannot ignore because the more you ignore it, the worse it will get. And back into the church mode, as we have to remember, in order for us to be healthy for the world, we got to deal with things in the church. All right, so having said that, let's move into Scripture. Let's move to Acts 6, 1 through 7. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. Now, look, look, look at this. So... The, now, I'll give you some context. The, uh, the, Jesus already died. They had already had Pentecost and then the church break out. The church actually blew up. 3,000 people were saved in one day at Pentecost. Later on, they were up to 5,000. It was a mega church. It was booming. But the scripture says, as the believers rapidly multiply, there were rumblings of discontent. So God was moving and somebody got mad about something cause churches filled with humans. Somebody could say, I ain't coming back to this church. It's too hot. Forget that. I ain't coming back. And that's their prerogative because they're human. So just because God is moving doesn't mean folk won't get on your nerve. Just because things are booming doesn't mean there won't be murmurings and discontent. It doesn't mean just because things are going well, there won't be some things you don't like. I like your preaching, Pastor Andre, but I can't stand your parking lot. When I pulled up on the parking lot, I got a nail in my tire. I love your preaching, but y'all might have to do something about that parking lot. You know what? That's a valid, that's a valid complaint. So just because God is moving, and that's the problem with a lot of churches, because God is moving in spiritual things, they don't deal with natural things. Yeah, the power of God is there, but y'all bathrooms smell like poop. So I want to come and I want to hear the, the praise and all that, but can y'all do something about the natural things? And some people, well, you're not spiritual enough. No, I'm not spiritual enough. My nose is bothered by the smell because I'm human. 
it's okay, but here's what normally happens. What normally happens is they don't bring the complaint to the right place. They'll tell people in church, ooh, I love Deliverance Temple, but then they'll go tell somebody else, ooh, they got some nasty bathrooms. But they'll tell people who don't go there, who can't fix it, so why would you take and tell somebody who couldn't do nothing about it? But it's easier to talk about a thing than it is to actually address it. All right, so so this happens. So this happened here in this. this that was six one a. We're gonna go to six one b. Getting dig a little deeper. The Greek speaking believers complained about the Hebrew speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. Okay, so. What's going on? They, they were, the, the church was booming, but they weren't just preaching. They were actually helping the community. They were feeding and they were serving. But what happened is there were certain ethnic group, which was the Greek people were being disadvantaged by the other people, which were the Hebrews, because it was Hebrews in charge. In other words, they were taking care of the people who looked like them. And guess what? That's actually human. We, we, you, you Maybe you shouldn't be racist, but we're all biased in some way. And sometimes that leaks into the church and it causes murmurings and disputes. And sometimes people don't want to bring up the issue, but sometimes you just have to bring it up. So we're going to go to, to point number two, I mean, excuse me, point number three to bring it all home. Tribalism clicks preferences, picks and chooses, etc., happen in churches because church is made up of humans. Yeah. Pastor always talking to the same folk. It might be because I'm comfortable with that. I don't mean to disadvantage you, but I, maybe no one's brought it to my attention. Maybe I'm talking to all the men because I'm a man. And we're talking about sports, and I haven't acknowledged you, but I didn't necessarily do it on purpose. Hopefully, I didn't do it on purpose, but sometimes people get mad, and they'll leave a church over small things, not understanding that some things are not that deep. It's just human. Amen. Man, the, the young people, all they want to do is hang with the young people, probably because they're young. With old people, they got to click, probably because they're old, because there's some stuff the old folk talking about that the young folk don't understand. There's some stuff the young folk talking about that the old folk don't understand. So stop thinking because there's cliques in the church that's automatically a horrible thing. It's a human thing. Sometimes the kids hang with the kids. The, the blacks hang with the blacks. The whites hang with the whites. Sometimes that happens. We try to rise above it, but we're human. The problem is when it's interrupting the flow of ministry. That's when it becomes a problem, when, when, when it's something wrong. You, you smile at me in church, but when I'm outside of here, you never speak. Now, maybe it was an accident, but I've been going here eight months, and for eight straight months, when you see me outside of here, you don't never say anything. We, we need to have a conversation because somebody's not living their vision every day. 
And sometimes it's simple things, but you stepped on my toe on purpose in church when you hugged me. No, I didn't. I didn't know I stepped on your toe. But instead of being mad at me for eight months, maybe you could have just told me and we could have fixed it. But do you know great churches have been derailed over human issues? Just the smallest of issues. I don't like her because she all up by my man. Your man walked by her every Sunday. It could be possibly that they're actually passing by each other just because they go to the same church. But your insecurity makes you think everybody after your man and your man ugly to begin with. Don't nobody want them. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just playing. But do you know that kind of stuff has messed up churches? Women mad at each other over stuff that doesn't mean a hell of beans. And sometimes the one you're looking at is the wrong one. It's somebody else over there sneaking behind you. It's the girl that you take out to eat after church and complain about this girl. That's the one who really wants your husband. Just, I'm not talking about in here. I'm just throwing out stuff. But we can't allow our human nature to mess up what God is doing. And all throughout scripture, we see that that happens. We see that humanity gets in the way of healthy. So what do we do? Let's keep tracking and see what happens. Let's look at verse 2. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God not running a food program. They were they were quite blunt in what they said, but what I like, they called a meeting right away. Let's look at verse 3. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. In other words, it was brought to their attention. They had a meeting and they moved quickly about it. So let's Bring up point number four. This will put it more into my lap. Healthy leaders deal with issues head on. And healthy members are willing to be solutions. So the problem many times in churches are the leaders are too coward to do what needs to be done. I got somebody in the church that everybody says is mean. Everybody says they mean. But they give the biggest offering. So the leader is afraid to confront them because they give the biggest offering. But are you more care, do you care more about the money or do you care about the people they're running off with their meanness? And so sometimes leaders are cowards because sometimes leaders are human. But you, as a leader, I gotta step up to the plate. And I know there's some things that go on in Deliverance Simple that are not altogether loved. We, we, we love each other, but we don't always get along all the time, all the time. We ain't always kumbaya. But there are some things that, ah, okay, that, that's just human stuff. But there's other stuff I got to deal with. I, I, I have been called a bad leader because I told one person that I didn't mind if they left the church. Normally you want people to come to church. But this particular individual, they kept coming to me with issues about people and I had, I realized there was a common denominator in all their complaints and it was them. 
they didn't like nobody and nobody liked them. And when I talked to the other people, the other people was like, oh, I love such and so-and-so. Or they would just randomly say it. And I'm like, hmm, it seems like this person is you. So I brought something to their attention and they got quite belligerent with me. Like, it ain't me, it's them. And it's your mama and your wife too. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not so super deep that my wife and my mom can't, can't do something wrong, but it was like, they got real ugly about it. So I got to thinking maybe the ugly person is, is you. So I just politely told him, like, listen, I'm going I'm, I'm to look at all the, the factors, but if it comes down that you're the problem, then I don't mind if you leave. And that didn't, that did not sit well with them and they left. And guess what? Ain't nothing stopped when they left. Cause not everybody is supposed to be with you. Some people are dragging you down and you gotta be willing to let them go. It's okay. And because of the way I dealt with it, I did do it kind of harshly. I'm not, not evil, but I did do it kind of sternly. And it was said about me that I was mean to them and I didn't say I wasn't because they was messing up the flow. Something you, you, you can't allow cancer to tear everything up. You got to deal with it when you can. I hate to see you go, but I can't have you messing everything up. So healthy leaders deal with issues, but also healthy members are willing to be solutions. Deliver me from people who only find complaints but never have any solutions and are never willing to be a solution. Pastor, I, I'm not coming to your church because you don't have nothing for the kids. Will you bring 12 kids? Why don't you help do something for the kids if it's such an issue? But some people, they just are consumers and they're not participators. And if they don't consume, if, if you don't, uh, they think it's a restaurant. Where it's our job just to jump and do everything they want when they want. But you're not paying a restaurant. You're coming to worship God. So it's a possibility. The problem that you see, God wants you to be the answer to it. But you only see the problem because you're not willing to be a solution. Healthy leaders deal with the issues. But healthy members, they're willing to be solutions. Let's go to point number five because this goes off the same verse. Healthy churches are filled with members who are full of the spirit full of wisdom and responsible. One of the problems that leaders have is they can't delegate to people because people are not full of the spirit. I wouldn't mind using you, but you cuss everybody out. I understand you have a cussing moment, but you cuss everybody out. And I'm trying to have a church of love. I really can't use you because you're not wrapped too tight. You're not full of the spirit. You come to church, but you ain't full of the spirit. So I can't use you. And you get mad at me because I'm using the same folk. But I'm using people who are full of the spirit, full of wisdom and responsible. So they said, pick out some folk full of the spirit. And so, so we can turn the responsibility over to them. Some of y'all, I would not dare. I ain't talking about y'all in here, baby, in TV land. But I wouldn't dare allow you to take the kids on a trip to Kings Island. Because you've been riding dirty all your life. Your license ain't right. You, I can't have you with the kids. I love you, but I can't use you in that capacity. 
Some of y'all, I can't have you count the money because you've always had a five-finger discount mentality. You you buy one thing and take three things. Or I can't put you over the money, so I have to use folk who are responsible. Don't mean I don't love you because you had delivery simple. You need to have some deliveries. We're going to love you, but I can't use everybody in everything. And sometimes it forces me to use the same folk. They just use the same old folk. Well, maybe if some of the other folk would rise to the occasion, I can use different people. But of course, we're not talking about y'all. We're just throwing it out there, what a healthy church might look like. Let's continue to read. Let's look at verse 4. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. One of the reasons the apostles said, I want to delegate this because the best use of our time is actually in the word and in prayer. The pastor didn't come visit me when I was in the hospital. No, I didn't. I'm sorry because I was busy. But with all the folk we got in the church, if nobody visited you, that's a problem. But they assume that the pastor has to do it because that's how we've been taught. The leadership does everything. But what's going to happen, y'all going to have me like Obama was. Obama came in office with black hair and left with gray hair. Y'all ain't going to have me looking like Moses. I cannot do it all. That's one benefit of me working. And actually, uh, I was telling Brother Jason, this is the first time ever I was forced to work Saturday and Sunday. So that means I worked all night last night and got off and here I am preaching. So one benefit of that is that people know I'm busy and sometimes y'all give me a pass because I can't be everywhere. I can't do everything. But the problem is, if I can't be it and it never gets done, that means we don't have enough people in the church healthy enough to step up and carry on the ministry. All right, let's 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 give a point. Point number five is this: healthy churches have leaders who prioritize prayer and the word. So that means I can't be everywhere. I can't do everything. If I'm going to give you uh, what, what uh, sometimes the old people call oil straight from the can. If I'm going to give you anointed messages, at some time I'm going to have to preach. I mean, not just preach. I'm going to have to pray and I'm going to have to study and not just when it's time to preach. I'm actually going to have to give myself to it. And so that means there's some things I just can't do in order to be the most effective. And real healthy leaders, in other words, instead of trying to please the people, they focus on pleasing God because I got to be in prayer and in the word. Having said that, I want to jump to another, just two verses that will help us understand. Let's go to Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. And I want to add these two verses in. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. This is what we call the fivefold ministry gifts. This are this is what God gives. He gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I am personally a pastor and a teacher, and I have a prophetic uh, unction about me. So I fall in those those realms. But God gives those to the church. And so let's look at verse twelve. Here, here's the reason why. 
for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I'm sure you read that wrong. Would you read that again? For the perfecting of the saints. Yes. For the work. Oh, no, no. So the pastor can do everything. For the work of the ministry. No, so the pastor can get all the credit. For the work of the ministry. So my job is to perfect the saints so the saints can do the work of the ministry. So you're not just coming to church to see your friends. You're coming to be equipped with what you need to do the ministry outside of you. So my job is to stay locked in and tuned in so I can give you the tools that you need to do the job. But some of y'all want me to stay locked in and go out and do the job. Now, I don't mind going out and ministering. That's a part of who I am, but I can't be everywhere. So somebody's got to step up and be willing to do. So that's the goal. But let's go back to that verse uh, one more time. And I want to look at the bottom part of the verse. It says, for the edifying of the body of Christ, verse 12, for the edifying. So I'm here to equip you, to perfect you. You do the work of the ministry, and together it edifies the body. In other words, the whole body becomes healthier because we're working in tandem doing what we need to do. Um, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I'm going to pray, but I'm hopeful that there's some other people in the church that are praying as well because it lifts the load off of me if I don't have to think about, man, uh, I'm supposed to be praying for this person and praying for that person. And guess what happens because I'm human? Sometimes I'm thinking, man, I was supposed to pray for somebody today. And I can't remember who I'm supposed to pray for. So I say, God bless so-and-so. God touched so-and-so. And I don't even know who so-and-so is because I'm human and I've forgotten. But if I've got praying people in the pews, God can tell somebody to pray for that person because I forgot, but God puts it on them and they pray because they understand it's my job to help work the ministry. I may not be the preacher, but I'm going to do everything I can do. If God wakes me up at three o'clock in the morning and I ain't got nothing to do, I'm not turning on Netflix. I'm about to start praying and I'm about to start worshiping. I'm about to start pleading the blood of Jesus. Why? Because we are our ministry together. And when one of us go through, we need everybody supporting that one person that's going through. When four of us are going through, we need 10 of us praying for the four that's going through. We need a, we need teamwork. And it's teamwork that makes the dream work. And when we're working together in tandem, we are healthy and we are powerful. All right. Let's, let's go back to Acts, Acts 6 5. Everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. So everyone liked this, and they picked out people who are already doing the things. In other words, it wasn't like, why you pick them? Why you get her? You know, she's crazy as a bat on Sunday morning. Why? What you doing? No. They pick people and people are like, oh, that makes sense. Because cause their character and their reputation spoke for them. The anointing that's on their life. Don't you fool yourself. Anointing just doesn't happen on the podium in the pulpit. 
But there's some anointing in these seats. There's some anointing out there on the parking lot. Some of y'all are somebody's prayer warrior. You're somebody's praiser. You're somebody's prophetic dreamer. And we thank God for all of you. And we're looking to use more of you and to celebrate more of you and, and, and to elevate more of you because of what is hitting the world. We need each other. We need a strong team. But then there's another point that I, I, I want to make. So I, I'm going to bring up point number six to, to paint the picture. It says healthy churches have full or majority buy-in on the most important issues. So here in the scripture, it says everyone liked the idea. Now, when you're in a place, bunch of humans, it's hard to get everybody to like one idea. But when you're moving according to the wisdom of God, you either have full or majority agreement on the major issues. Like the minor issues, don't nobody care about. Well, well, I'm going to change the this podium from purple to pink. And somebody's like, Pastor, I don't think you should do that. Somebody else says, oh, I love pink. That's a minor issue. But a major issue is, I, I don't think I'm going to preach from the Bible anymore. I, I, I got this new book that I like, and for the rest of the time, I'll be preaching from that. Somebody said, no, 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 I, I can't attend your church because that's a major issue. But on the major issues, we ought to be in agreement. And what tears up churches is on the major issues, they can't find agreement. It, th there ought to be agreement on the major issues. Here, here's a major issue. Devin is looking real good. But Devin can't have four boyfriends and a husband. That's a major issue. Now, a few, a few of y'all may think, go ahead, uh, uh, Devin, get your groove back like Stella. But the majority of y'all ought to say, no, Devin, that ain't right. That's not the right thing to do. That is not becoming of your reputation. That's not becoming of the ministry. The major issues we ought to agree on. Well, I know my pastor steals money out of the offering plate every now and then, but you know, he, he struggles from here and there. No, no, that's a major issue. The major stuff, we ought to have agreement. We, we ought to know right is right and wrong is wrong on the major issues. So if I start messing up the major issues, please leave and find another church. Or please sit me down and somebody else step up because there's some stuff we can't get wrong. There's some major stuff that we got to know what we're doing. All right, give me an example of some major issues. Here we go. We connect with our creator continually. So that means when, you, when you're not in this building, you should still be talking to God. Well, Pastor, I ain't been to church in four months, but I'm waiting to get back so I can talk to God. No, you don't understand. The major issue is even if you're not in this building, you need to be connected with your creator. Why? Because you are the imago day. What is the imago day? It is the image of God. It, you are the image. So you've got to connect with your creator. And here's a major issue. We got to be confessing our deliverance. Because even though we're in the image of God, we all jacked up in different ways. Your jack up ain't my jack up. My jack up ain't your jack up. But ain't none of us ready to crack heaven's gates wide open. We all got some issues. We got some junk in our trunk. We got some mess in our closet. And we all need deliverance. And if you think you don't, you're in the wrong church. 
Because us is no, the reason why I'm here is I got some stuff in my life that needs help. But I'm confessing that God's going to deliver me. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. But I will always be like this. I know God's going to bring me through and to bring me out. And I'm confessing it all the time. What's going on with you, Pastor Andre? Well, I'm quitting. Why are you quitting? Well, I, I, it's never going to work. Well, you're missing a part of the vision statement. You got to confess your deliverance. Yes, you may feel like quitting, but you got to say out of your mouth, it won't always be like this. What else do we do? We commit to serve creatively. So that means we don't just come to church. We actually serve outside of here. We, we touch people outside of here. And guess what? We don't always have to put on Facebook what we do. We're living in a day and age, if you don't put it on social media, it wasn't done. But some of y'all have helped homeless and don't have to take a picture of the homeless person to let everybody know you helped the homeless. Because I'm not looking for the accolades. It's a part of a major issue. I serve. I serve creatively. You can't stop me from serving. You can't stop me from making a difference in the land. I'll serve in church. I'll serve outside of here. And guess what? Sometimes people tell on y'all to me. And they tell on y'all in a good way. You know, so-and-so, so-and-so did this for me. And so-and-so did that. We got one, one member, and, and she's sick right now. She, she's uh, not here. But I won't, I won't tell the name. I'll let y'all figure it out on your own. But she's got an idea of cooking meals for her neighbor. And the neighborhood, and she just goes off dropping meals at people's doors. Do you know what she's doing for the ministry of deliverance temple? Those people may never come in the doors, but she's serving and she's making a difference. When you go out to eat and you're the best tipper, you are showing people that I go to deliverance temple and I serve. You're not the meanest people there. You're not the evilest people there. Got a shirt that says love and you mad about everything. Give me my drink. Where my drink at? This steak ain't right. You done ate three-fourths of the steak and now the steak ain't right. No, no, you, 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 you think about that because I'm representing a ministry. And at the end of the day, we communicate Christ's love compassionately. We ain't running around sending everybody to hell. We ain't got, we ain't got time for that. We, we trying to communicate Christ's love compassionately. Cause we all know if it, if it was true, we all could have been in hell yesterday. So if God is keeping me out, I want God to keep them out. So I'm communicating Christ's love compassionately. Has anybody, has anybody told you how, how, how good you look today? Has anybody told you? Some of our young people just, they just need somebody to encourage them. Tell them they're smart. I know they got the pants hanging down. I know they're cussing and fussing, but maybe you show up and say, I love you. I appreciate you. Let me hug on you. That's showing God's love compassionately. So those are our major issues. Let's, let's move on because we, 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 I want to get us out of here. Let's look at Acts 6 6. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So they were uh, they were commissioned. Verse 7. This is very key. So God's message continued to spread. Let's stop right there. Read that again. So God's message continued to spread. Here's the key. 
That's what the devil was after when he roused up the humanity and he riled up the division. The devil don't care about your division. He's trying to stop the message from going forth. So we have to be careful of that. So let's go back to it. Let's read it in its entirety. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. All right. Number seven. Here's our last one. Healthy churches see God's message spread. They see believers increase and they see conversions happen. In other words, that's what it's all about. It's about the message going forth and people being touched by the message and the message changes people's lives and we begin to see transformation. Somebody said all salvation is, is one beggar telling another beggar where they can find some bread. I found some bread. I found a friend who is all to me. His love is ever true. I love to tell how he lifted me and what his love can do for you. I'm saved by his power divine. I'm saved through new life sublime. Life now is sweet and my joy is complete. Because I'm saved. In other words, one person found out if God can do it for me and the mess that I am, I know he could do it for them. And so I don't want nothing to stop the message of how good God is. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Oh, the blood of the Lamb. That's what it's about. And what the devil wants, he wants to stop the message that there is a big, good, great God that still loves his people and he still wants to save. He still wants to rescue. He still wants to deliver. He's still a way maker. He's still a promise keeper. He's still a miracle worker. He's still light in the darkness and the message has got to get out. So the devil wants to rob us of our health. So we're in here fighting. We're in here fussing. We're in here mad about stupid stuff and, and things that don't make a sense where you didn't call me bishop. Well, I ain't a bishop. You ain't got to call me bishop. You actually can call me Andre because my title doesn't trump the love that I have for you. It's not about the small things. It's about the major things. And if we can do that, we'll be a healthy church that makes a difference in a dying land. Come on, let's rise to our feet. Put it up there again. And somebody say with me, a healthy church. Healthy we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna transition from this and we're gonna start talking about healthy people. Because you are the church. And so if the church is healthy and you're unhealthy, then it's gonna cause trouble. So next week, we'll talk about healthy people. Somebody say healthy people. All right, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Dear gracious heavenly father God, help us. First of all, help me and Lady Devin to be raising a healthy church. One of the reasons why I believe we're raising a healthy church is because of all the hell the devil has thrown at us. We could not be minuscule and sick, broke, busted, and disgusted for the devil to fight us like this. So so some, we're doing something right. But God, we can be healthier and we can make a difference. So God, let Muncie be better because we exist in this city and help us 
to make a difference. Now, God, I thank you for all you're doing. God, save those who need to be saved. Reclaim those who need to be reclaimed. Transform those who need to be transformed until we all meet again. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And so let somebody say, amen. God bless you.